Welcome to Lemmy Works, brought to you by Leadership Education Mentoring Institute. We are inspiring parents, mentors, and communities as they embark on the journey of transformational project-based education. Hi, this is Tatiana Fallon. Hi, this is Heidi Christensen. We're so excited to be your hosts. Welcome to today's episode. I'm so grateful that Cindy, Cindy said yes and she jumped on the podcast with us. She, when you're like a kid and there's you have adults in your life that you just think, wow, I love this person. If I could become this person when I'm adult, I will have arrived. Cindy Hampton was that in my life. We, we didn't have like a ton of interaction because she ended up building Commonwealth a little bit further north, but she was just like so awesome and impactful in my life. So, so grateful she came on here. So Cindy, could you just take a second, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your homeschooling journey? What brought you to homeschooling? What brought you to leadership education? Um, yeah, sure. So when I was doing my student teaching um, way back when, um, at a good high school, <laughs> at a good high school, um, I had this realization that essentially, you know, I was lucky when there were two or three kids that still had lights in their eyes. Um, I was teaching um, math um, and I had mostly um, freshmen and sophomores and they hated it. They didn't want to be in my class. And honestly, I was a really good teacher. We had a decent textbook. I mean, I couldn't understand why the kids didn't want to be there because I'd always liked school. School was fun. Um, and so I had this realization. There was like this real problem with the system. And um, and it was concerning to me that that there was a problem because like all my friends like school. I mean, I just like never really experienced kids not liking school because it was th that wasn't who I hung out with. And um, and so at that point, I started doing some research and started kind of looking at some other things. Um, and then we had two kids and then I met somebody who I loved their kids. Their kids were like the most amazing kids. And, um, and I finally asked her one day, I said, look, you know, there are lots of really great parents out there who don't have kids like yours. Why, why are your kids different? And she said, well, we, you're going to have to come to my house if you want to know. And I said, okay, I can, I can do that. And we went to her house and it was actually really fun and brought my kids and, and she had older kids. Um, and, and she said, okay, I'm now going to tell you, she says, I homeschool. And I was like, no, no. That can't possibly be the answer why your kids are great. I said, because I know homeschoolers, they're, they're crazy and they don't teach their kids anything. And you're like all the things that you hear. And honestly, we did know some people like that. We did know, we did, we did have some homeschoolers in our neighborhood that I was like, oh boy, oh, you know, kind of fringy. And so anyways, this woman just was like, no, you just don't understand. And I said, okay, well tell me. And she said, no, I'm just going to give you some books. And she said, how many do you want? And I said, well, how many do you have? And she had, she had about 10 and I took them all home and I read them all. And then I was like, shoot, I know too much. Now I can't send my kids to the public schools. So I, at that point I had a, I had like a, I had like a two year old and a six month old. And I was like, well, I guess, yeah, well, you know, it doesn't really matter. And, um, and I just was like, yeah, th this is what I have to do. I don't have any options now. I just, I know too much. And I, and I also realized, I mean, for me, having come from having taught in the public schools, um, it was, it, it was not okay in the public schools. It wasn't going well. Um, and I, you know, I had this whole realization that I couldn't decide, I could not decide that my children wouldn't have any issues. Um, I couldn't control that. If I turned them over to the system, I could very easily end up with kids with empty eyes and really easily, really easily. Because, you know, it only, the system really only worked really well for like 10% of the, the kids. So, you know, even if I had 10 kids, I could only hope for one to actually have a successful, awesome experience in the schools. So, um, so I continue to do a lot of research. Um, you know, I, I have a two-year-old, you know, I mean, I mean, but I do all these, I did, I started doing all this research. So we then, um, we moved to Indiana where we were, my husband was going to grad school and I met some other families who were awesome, amazing Christian families that were homeschooling and that had a fabulous group at their church. And they were just, you know, and I just was like, no, really, it's going to be okay. Like I can totally do this. Um, and then we moved to Wisconsin and we, and I started and I had, my husband was like, you can have $50 a year for curriculum. 
And that was it. And it was not because he was mean. It was because that's really all we had. And um, and so I was like super careful. And I was like always I used the library super, super heavily. Um, one of the books that I read in my very the very beginning was Charlotte Mason. And um, and I was just this is it. This is how you teach young children. This is this is it. It's Charlotte Mason. And so I heavily followed the Charlotte Mason um, path for my for my young kids. Um, and also, you know, a lot of, lot of influence from my Christian friends as well with choosing curriculum and, you know, where, where to look for stuff like that. Um, we had a great experience except for that. We just, we never could find a really good group for us, a really good group because quite frankly, most of them were religiously based and we didn't meet the criteria for their group. So we would, we would start in a group and then we'd get kicked out because we, didn't agree with their statement of faith. And I, and I 100% agree that they should be able to have a statement of faith. I mean, there's a private group, they can do whatever they want and that is okay. Um, but we just, we never could find a group that fit for us. And then we moved back to Utah and I was very determined that nobody would have the experience that I had of not being able to find a group that would accept them um, regardless of their religious choices. Um, and so I, we moved to the Ogden area and there was literally nothing. Well, no, okay. There was like somebody who was doing like a like a like a PE day, which my girls were like PE day. Like, why would we want to go to PE day? And I'm like, I I, I don't know, guys. Like, I never like PE. I, I don't know why. And so I decided I needed to start my own group because that was not because once again we didn't have a group that fit us. So um, you know, so I did a variety of things when my kids were younger. You know. Um, book clubs, you know, different things. And at some point I ran, I went to a UHEA um, convention and Oliver DeMille was speaking. I actually think it was probably one of the first ones he spoke at, if not the very first one that he spoke at. And as he was speaking, I was like, well, yeah, like I'm already doing that. Like, yeah, I'm already doing, well, yeah, I'm already doing that. Well, yeah, I do that too. Like I do all those things. Like I do all the things that he, and everything that he was bringing up, I was like, oh yeah, I do all those things. Those, that This is what I do because quite frankly, it was, so what Charlotte Mason recommended. So, um, so, oh, and for anybody who's not familiar with Charlotte Mason, she was an educator at the turn of the previous century. Um, she was contemporary with um, uh, Montessori. So anyways, um, so I, I was like, yeah, you know, and I, and I liked what he had to say and, um, and I valued it and uh, bought his article that he had out and, and really, you know, I liked that. I liked what he had to say. And I felt like, but I felt like, you know, I was already doing it. It was definitely one of those, oh, I'm already doing all these things. We're already reading the classics. We already discussed them. We already write about them. We already are, you know, we already do all of these things. Um, and already do art study. And so then um, as our oldest daughter, um, she was, she was 12 and, and she was, a smart little thing. And I had this whole realization that I either was going to have to send her to the public schools or we were going to have to find a group of like-minded people because I could not provide everything that she needed. Um, and I had, I was expecting our seventh child and I just was like, I, I've got to find a group of like-minded people. And, um, and I had a friend who said, I found it. I found a group. She was in, you know, she, she and I were in doing other things together with our kids. And she said, I found it. I found the group. And I said, okay, well, tell me about it. And she said, they're down in Bountiful. And I was like, Bountiful? I was like, an hour away. And she's like, I know, I know. And she said, but they are doing a class on Shakespeare, which she had me at Shakespeare for sure. Um, and, and they're, and they're teaching a class on the U S constitution. And I said, okay, I'm interested. Let me, let's find out about this group. Um, and this was at the very beginning of the group in Bountiful that your mom started. Um, I think we came in maybe on the thirdish year, uh, maybe I'm not I'm not sure. I think it was maybe the thirdish year that we came down. And I had a couple of friends and we carpooled together and we drove down and um, and it was great because that year I could drop my daughter off, I could write out my check and just make sure she had everything she needed, but I didn't have to actually teach or, or do anything until it came to the end of the school year and they said that they needed somebody to plan the trip to the Shakespearean festival and I was like oh me pick me pick me I can do that and um and I got really heavily involved with planning that and getting involved with the families and 
And I was like, this is really, this is awesome. And um, in the meantime, I'd had my seventh child and I was, you know, no longer pregnant. And I, you know, you know, could have had a dozen kids if it weren't for being pregnant. So, um, <laughs> so anyways, we, so it was really a great experience, but my friends and I, as we discussed it, we realized, wow, um, this is a long drive. And not only that, but there are plenty of people in our area who want this. We have plenty of friends. We have plenty of friends who are in, interested in having a group for their teens, which is not a play group, which was like this huge deal for me because I'm like, I do not have the time or energy to take teenagers to a play group. Like, sorry, none of that. None of that play group stuff. Um, but if it's worthwhile academically, then yes, you know, I can, I can do that. And at that point, I kind of decided that, um, this is where I was going to throw my time and energy to. And I actually, we made a decision that we were done with our family because the starting a group became my next child. And, um, and so we gathered, I gathered all my friends all my friends that I've been making over the past few years, um, for the past, we'd been, we'd been in Ogden for maybe, I don't know, two and a half ish, maybe two and a half ish years. So gathered all my friends. We went to, uh, the village inn <laughs> had crepes and, um, and we said, okay, this is what we want to do. We want to have a group that's like this, where we're doing serious academic work, but yet it's also still fun. And, um, and I had these two other friends whose kids had been going and they were obviously there. Plus, you know, these other friends and everybody was like, yeah, we absolutely want to do this. And, um, and so we started putting together what everybody could do. Um, you know, what, are, what's your background? You know, what can you do? What have you done? What are your talents? What are your gifts? What, what can you give to this group? Um, and we put together something that was very similar to what you guys were doing down in Bountiful. There was no Lemmy then didn't exist then. It was just this group that was doing these kinds of classes. So we put together something that was really similar, not the same, but very, very, very similar. I actually also, I did, I have, I also have a degree in English literature. So, and I minored in drama and I have a degree in math. So it's like, so I like, I like have all these weird skill sets. I'd like all these weird, weird skill sets. So Shakespeare to me was like, well, yeah, let's, well, let's just do Shakespeare. Like they did it. We can do something similar because I already know this stuff. I already, I, you know, I already knew it very well. And so, so we, so we just started and we just said, okay, we need to have a group. We want to have a group similar, but we actually brought in a different things because we obviously had different people in our group that had different talents and different gifts and things that people would be like, well, hey, what do, can we do like a class like about this? And I would be like, okay, well, let's think about this in terms of leadership, um, leadership abilities does it does it match up does this fit in in does it does it fit into the leadership category are we building leaders or are we just having fun because if we're just having fun you need to do that somewhere else and we love you but we just can't stretch because there's only so many hours that people are going to be at a co-op and so you just can't have a bazillion and one classes because i mean some people can't i couldn't that was not i was very much to some degree, kind of a purist as far as leadership education went. Um, I was, if it didn't, if it wasn't going to build leaders, if I couldn't see specifically how it was going to be building leaders, then I had no desire to throw our limited resources to do that. Um, so, so we, so we started, we did a lot of different things. One of the big things that we actually ended up doing um, that I actually, I don't think Polar Star does anymore. We did name our, we named our group Polar Star, like, the star that guides you um, to, you know, what does it guide us to? I don't know, success, to happiness, to 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 where we want to be, to home. And um, and we did. We started a mock trial team fairly early in, <laughs> and and we actually had a really 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 great mock trial team for a number of years. We had kit. We had a team that went to state and. Um, and one, I mean, we've had kids, I mean, we've, you know, so anyways, that's continued on, it kind of separated out from Polar Star, and it's now kind of a separate group, but we did ballroom dance, and we did, I mean, we did a lot of different things, but it was just, we we're always looking for people, and we wanted to, you know, I was always like, I don't want your money, I want you. I don't, the money is very, very not important. Yes, yes, you got to pay. Yes, because we've got to be able to rent a building. And yes, we need to be able to pay for things. 
but it was not about money. It was always about, I need you. I need whatever it is, whatever gifts you have been given by God. Those are the gifts I want. That's what I want from you. Um, I would say that as far as I went, the term that would be best description, best description of me would be extreme volunteerism. Um, had my kids been in the public schools, I can guarantee you I would have been the PTA president. Oh, yes, I would have been for sure. Um, I would have been the one that was driving different things, you know, because um, because that's just kind of who I am um, a little bit, um, not a lot. And um, I and and this what happened for me is this gave me an opportunity to expand my talents and to learn and to study and to um, you know, to one, one of the big things that one of the things that we had in Polar Star was that the parents needed to be working on their education. It was not all about the kids. It was about the parents. We had an adult book discussion group that was awesome. It was an awesome group. And, um, and we want, and everybody in some way needed to be working on their education, whether that was because they were teaching a class, because they were going to Lemmy trainings, because they were doing things like that, or that they were just, they were just, they were doing their own thing. I mean, because I feel like this is about becoming an amazing person and, um, and, and, and it was, and it was amazing to watch what happened, to watch what happened with the people to, with the, with the parents that were involved, as well as obviously the youth, um, the, um, so no, I have, I, I have I'm, a question. I'm like going, okay, and I'm looking over at the questions. I'm kind of like, okay, I've reached no, the no, end I, that. I, no, no, I have a question. Now you were talking it. what kind of, I had a thought. You, you said that you didn't have time or pressure or time was precious and we didn't have time to, to do things that were outside of what the intent of it was. And, um, I was, I was pondering, <clears throat> I think one of my greatest weaknesses is I don't know how to say no very well. Um, I'm not a very disagreeable person and I think that's to my detriment in some ways, but my husband and I were just talking about earlier, like, okay, we need to know how to say no. And so as we, that's like one of the things I'm working on in, in my personal development. And as I've been using that as a subject, subject of inquiry, I've been realizing the way you say no is, you know, where you're going and you know what you want. Yeah. And then yes. if it doesn't, if you're being asked to do something that doesn't match that, then you say no. Right. You say no, because what you're doing doesn't match like, no, it's not it's not on my path. It's not where I'm going. So I love how you said I was like, a you know, a purist this way. But in reality, what you're what you're illustrating is is how to be successful in doing something because you have a very clear vision and you know where you're going. And, and so I want to ask you, so with your children individually, did you do you, do you have a path for them specifically that was like, okay, this is how my ideas where we can help this child grow? Like, how did that trickle down that same kind of idea into you, each of your children's education? If Does that make sense? Um, well, I'll answer what I think the question was. Um, so with our kids, actually people have commented on our kids how vastly different our children are from each other, but yet they are the same. The same but they're very, very different. So I was really, 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 obviously we did huge amounts of reading. In fact, when my kids were younger, I used to read aloud for typically about three hours a day. Um, that was like a normal day. If it was like not a normal day because it was raining or snowing, we would pop popcorn and literally read all day long. I would read aloud all day long. And, um, and so we had this whole foundation that was the same. Because we read all these classics together. We read, you know, we, we had the same friends because they were literary friends. And, um, but as my kids started, I mean, and it was fairly early on, I would start noticing things that they were good at or that they liked. And we would start talking about that fairly early on in their, in their lives about what they were good at and what they liked. And then what, what do you need to do? What do you need to do to, to, to get to the place that you want to be? And, and then when things were, we, we actually had an incident, <laughs> an incident, it was an incident. Um, I had all of my girls in um, dance. They were all in ballet um, because I felt like that's actually a leadership. I feel like understanding the, the beauty 
um, that you see in dance and particularly in classical dance as opposed to other types of dance. But anyways, we so we did ballet and my husband came home one day and he said, okay, I just need to know, are we running a dance school or do we have a family? And I said, well, you know, is this a trick question? You know, obviously we have a family. And he goes, no, I actually think we have dance school. He said, because you are at dance every single afternoon with these girls. Um, and the younger kids, we had two sons and another daughter who was younger. And he said, and these other kids, you just, you know, you just let them just do whatever, you know, while you are running kids back and forth to the dance school. And I had this big realization. I was like, oh, my word, this is not where we want to go. We don't have anybody in our family at that point in time that's going to be a, become a professional dancer. We didn't even want to necessarily encourage that. It was not something we you know, necessarily wanted to encourage. And so um, he said, okay, well, if we're not a dance school, I want you to quit dance. And I said, well, okay, for everybody except for Rebecca, right? Rebecca can still take dance because she loves it so much. And he said, no, I think that you need to quit. And my husband is not somebody who expresses uh, strong opinions very often. And so when he does, I sit up and pay attention because he's always right. And I kind of hate it, but he's always right. When he expresses an opinion, he's right. He's right. So I said, okay. And so I decided to pull the kids. So I was like, okay, we're going to pull the girls out. And then I started doing a little bit of, I started looking around a little bit and I said, okay, would it be okay if we did dance one day a week, if they all took the same class? And my husband said, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, we can go and take an Irish step dancing class and they're all beginners. So they're all going to be in the same class. We do have Irish heritage. Um, so I, it, it, and I was like, oh, and it's like a family history project. It's like our ancestors and, you know, and I was like finding all the things about it that actually made it someplace that we wanted to go. And so we did take Irish. Um, I had two, I had two kids who ended up competing and actually really, really enjoyed Irish. Um, but we did, but we did this big pullback and we were like, wait, this is not where we want to go. And, and it actually was super painful. And um, there were lots of tears and lots of very sad little girls that were not going to get to be in, you know, their ballet class anymore. But, you know, it, it, it was actually a really good experience for them all because they realized, okay, sometimes we're going in one direction and we're going there as fast as we can. And then we realize, wow, this is not actually where we want to go. And it's really served them well for the rest of their lives. It's really, it really has served them incredibly well, S served me well. So. And what I think that's amazing. Like to, to see how, you know, the story illustrates like obviously working as a couple and as, you know, a mother and father and, and following that direction and steering the ship, I think is, is so it's inspiring to kind of hear like, you know, how do we get where we want to go and how do we know where we want to go? And, and it's, it's just inspiring stories. Thanks for sharing that. So you said that you obviously, when you heard Dr. DeMille's, you know, very, very beginning before he had a book that you're like, Oh, I already do that. So I like, to me, I've always seen you as someone who is, who is a truth seeker and just, you know, find truth, live truth. So what is it about the leadership education like, you know, classics and mentoring that you feel really rings true to you? Um, there are so many things. I think, um, I, I think that so much of like this idea that people who are truly educated use their leisure time in profitable ways, not profitable for money necessarily. It's always nice if it works out that way, but you know. Um, but but they're using their leisure time to become better people and to be of more worth to the world. Um, I think that this idea that um, definitely the whole idea of like the conveyor belt versus the leadership, I mean, that was stuff that I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's very much like Charlotte Mason. It's like, we're we're going to educate kids using the classics and it changes their lives because then they become different people. They they do become truth seekers. They do, they because they can see what is beauty. They can see what is truth. They, they've been exposed to it. They, they've talked about it. They've, they've worked with somebody who actually knows more than they do. 
um, and that they have been able to be their guide. You know, the idea of having a mentor versus a teacher has always been a huge thing for me um, that it is we're we're not looking for, you know, we're not just trying to check our boxes. We're trying to become we're trying to become something. And I would say that's probably um, that's, that's probably one of the, the biggest things that I've always loved about it. I've also loved the whole idea of that we're we're reading classics instead of textbooks because you know I who can read textbooks like seriously I mean but but yet yeah, actually I have read many 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 a math textbook in my life but um but just this idea that we are we should be we should be gathering our information from kind of whole sources instead of things that are just cut up and put into little pieces that we're going to try. And obviously we need textbooks, you know, if we're going to teach math, the textbook is your best friend. Um, but, and, and so many other, you know, obviously sciences. And, um, but I, I just, I, I really love that. I've always been a big reader and that was something that I really loved about that whole idea. So you went on to build the polar star and with the envision of like having it be based off of the leadership education principles and ideas. How did you like get the parents to catch the vision? Because when you were saying like we had a parents class and we always encouraged the parents to be continuing their education. Like I feel like I'm in the process of building a commonwealth right now and it's a really growth experience. And, um, I don't like know how to communicate to those joining us or those who are who are just you know with us that that they need to be working on their education just as much as their children are and and I think mostly I, my own personal reservations for asking people is because it's like I feel swamped but I always I'm always reading I'm always doing those things so I'm like that's part of who I am but I feel swamped and I feel like how how do I go forward and ask parents, oh, on top of homeschooling your children, which is like, a, you know, a full-time job, like, now let's do more work. Like, and so I kind of like, maybe it's my fault, but I kind of like, ah, now can you read this book with us once a month? You know, I, how do you get that as part of your culture? So um, from the beginning, we always had this adult book club and it was seriously a date night. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of turning everything into a party. I'm like, well, um, you know, if we're going to get together, this is going to be a party. We're going to have fun. We're going to have a good time. And, um, and we ha I had some really fabulous friends who started with me. So we had kind of a core group of people who had already bought into the idea. They'd already read the book. By that point, uh, by that point, the TJ Ed Education book had come out. That was actually required to be in the group. You had to read the book before you got into the group, and you had to say, "Yes, this is what I'm looking for." Um, we never, ever, ever, ever have um, advertised. Um, it always is word of mouth. It's like, "Oh yes, we, you know, we we met these kids and they were amazing, and we wanted to." find out what they were doing and then they come and they want to find out. And it's like, well, yeah, but you're gonna have to read this book. And, you know, there was kind of an expectation set as they came in. However, I mean, I had a great group of friends that I had already developed previous to starting the group that were, that we were reading classic books together. And if your education is you read the books with your kids, great, wonderful. Everybody should read Red Scarf Girl. Everybody should read Red Scarf Girl, really. And, and and if that's what they're doing, I mean, we really encouraged people to help in a class, just be a little helper mom. We call them helper moms. So it wasn't like they were in charge of the class, but they were going to come and they were going to help when we did simulations or with a book discussion or, you know, um, just getting people set up to do their 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 presentations or, you know, whatever it is that, that, that you know, you're going to just help the teacher out with whatever it is the teacher needs. And so they kind of saw it in action. I think that um, because, you know, all you can do is invite. You can't force people to do things. You just invite them and you make it so appealing that they go, oh, oh, you're going to have a little party? Oh, fun. Oh, yeah. But, you know, but when you come, you need to have read um, Make Your Bed. 
you know, it's like that little book and yeah, 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 you know, and, and, and we're just going to talk about it, you know, and about if we, if, you know, it's okay if your kid marries a Navy SEAL or if that's a deal breaker. And, you know, I mean, and so you make it, you make it interesting. You make it so that it's, I mean, that's what we did so that it was fun. Everybody wanted to come to the parties. It was like horrifying when they couldn't come to the, it's like, oh, shoot, I got, you know, X, Y, Z. Granted, when you consider the fact that I started Polar Star 20 years ago, a little over 20 years ago, we recently had our 20 year anniversary um, and we had a party <laughs> and and um, and I handed out popsicles to every kid. I And I let them have as many as they wanted. I didn't even care. Like, you know, I'm like, here, yeah, have another one. Don't tell your mom. Here, have another popsicle. Here you go. Have all the popsicles you want, honey. So um, we're interrupting this broadcast to invite you to ask questions or share your epiphanies in the comment section. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving us a good review on the platform you are using because that really helps others find our content. Also, check out our website at lemmymentortraining.com. We, so starting 20 years ago, so we started in 2001. 2001 was our first year. Um, honestly, I feel like people had a slightly slower pace of life. I think that it's drastically changed in the last 20 years, especially with the advent of the internet, which I feel like, um, yes, it existed then, but it was not to the extent that it is now. I mean, it was just like, oh yeah, we can email each other. Yes, we can have, you know, that it was not all consuming. It didn't take over people's lives um, like it does now. And so I feel like we were able to do these things in some degree because people had a little more leisure time because they weren't spending their leisure time scrolling because it didn't exist, which, you know, yearning for a better time, but it's okay. So, I mean, you just have to, you just have to find new ways of doing the things that you want to do. Um, and so, I mean, it, the whole, this whole idea of, of, of when you find something that you want to do, or you have this idea and you want to promote it, you've got to make it appeal to as many people as you possibly can and then you grab those people and you do it and then everybody else sees you and they go oh well, that's kind of fun and it has to be fun I am fanatical about things and I don't mean I mean when I say fun I always I you know I I always have to preface my idea of fun I actually think caucus meetings are fun so, you know, I, they are okay, actually that, super fun. They're actually super amusing. They're really fun to go to. I actually really, really enjoy caucus that's, meetings. That's um, only, I think that only comes because you understand parliamentary procedure and how tricky it is, right? I mean, like, can it be fun if you literally are just like, what's happening here? I mean. <laughs> well, yeah, it all depends. I actually ran our caucus meetings for years. Um, I ran the caucus meetings here in our, in our precinct for, uh, I don't know, I want to say maybe 15-ish years. And it, and it was fun, unless you, of course you got beat and you were mad. I mean, but you know, we had, we had, we had a great time. I mean, caucus, caucus meetings can be a lot of fun. So, That's I mean, awesome. fun in that, you know, it's interesting, it's engaging. It's, 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 you know, and I always was, um, I always struggle when people would think, do things like hand out crossword puzzles and think that kids were going to think that was fun. I was like, in what universe is this fun? Like it, not in mine. Like that is not fun. Like they want to be doing something. They want to be engaged. They want to be, you know, um, and preferably they're, 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 they're building or they're making something or, 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 or blowing something up even better. You know, obviously I served in Cub Scouts for a long time, which was one of the funnest things I've probably ever done. Cub Scouts. So, um, so I, I think that that element of fun is what makes things become um, something you want to do. I mean, you know, because, oh, my word, when it's something that you have to do and it's like, oh, I'm just trying to make myself a better person. Oh, you know, it's a hard sell. It's a hard sell. You want it to be so ridiculously fun that people can't resist. That they're like, that's yeah, great advice. That, that's I want to awesome. do that. I will have to start implementing that. We we have been doing like a gathering, you know, once a month and stuff and tried to make it engaging and fun. But I think like date night or emphasizing more like the party aspect is a really, really good idea. So we don't have a lot of time left, but 
Can you tell us what you're doing now as far as leadership education goes? Yeah, I actually, if I can, I would like to actually, I will, I will respond to that um, question. But I would like to respond to another one that I think is, yeah. um, I think is really valuable. You have a question here that said about um, when has our scholar community helped our family through hard times? Um, so eight years ago, we have um, a son who was serving a mission for our church. He was serving in Taiwan. Um, and he was killed in an accident. And um, we, we um, were all actually really okay. Although I'm telling you, therapy's your best friend. So anyways, we, um, the morning that we found out that he'd been in the accident, um, our two youngest kids went off to an early morning class. It was not our scholar. It's not, it was not in our scholar community, but it was another one where there actually were a lot of kids in the class that were in Polar Star. And they said that David had been in an accident and they, and everybody texted their parents. Everybody was texting, you know, their parents and they were texting, you know, their, their siblings and, um, and, and everybody started to pray. And, um, We obviously found out several hours later that David had passed away, that um, he probably he probably was killed on impact, um, which is, you know, a mercy. And um, we um, and, the, and some of the very first people that showed up at our house were people from Polar Star. Um, our kids, friends, my friends. This is who showed up. This is who was there. And they were there for my kids. They were there for us. Um, and a, a really interesting thing that happened was one of the, one of the families that is some of our super good friends, their grandpa is a painter and the, his granddaughter, who is one of my daughters, my oldest daughter's best friends came to the house. She was literally, I think the very first friend, the very first friend that showed up at our house. And she said, what do you need from me? And I mean, this is a phrase that I have said over and over and over to kids, what do you need from me? And she was saying it back to me, what do you need from me? And I said, I need your grandpa to paint a painting of David. And she said, he already has a canvas on because he knew David. And so, you know, this whole thing of like the entire family knew him and that it was this incredibly, you know, it was, it was a really meaningful thing that he was, you know that he knew he knew and then the and then other people ended up paying to have it framed he painted it for free for us and um and you know it was something that i mean i have gone back to over and over again had he been in the public school would we have had this kind of support no maybe he would have had more um acquaintances probably he probably would have had a lot more acquaintances than he had having been homeschooled i mean it was a small group um, but they, they are family and they love us and they really thought hard about what is it that I need to do here. And they were willing to give back to our family because we had been giving to them. And I just feel like, um, that is one of the most beautiful things that has come out of this for me is that when we really had a really difficult time, our Polar Star friends were there. They were there. So that being said, <laughs> I am now. Amazing. I, <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. It actually was amazing. And I mean, and the kids just kept showing up. They just kept showing up at the house and the parents kept showing up and they were great because they like brought the kind of food that we actually like to eat. And they, and they were, you know, anyways, it was awesome. It was really awesome. And they all were at One the of the things of that so, like when it came to mind while you were talking was um similar situation happened with, I mean, obviously um didn't lose the youth, but one of our good friends has lost his dad and um, when that happened, like there's a scripture in my core book that says mourn with those that mourn. And I don't think you can mourn with someone to the extent in which I think the scripture is calling you to do so, unless you have a relationship with them. 
because it's like when when an, an acquaintance comes to you and says i'm so sorry like yes that's you're grateful for their sympathy but when a friend comes and mourns with you like yep. that is the difference between you not being okay and you knowing that it's okay to not be okay you know like when my really dear friend lost her mom i was like got in the car drove there just drove there right and just sat there and i didn't say anything I just sat there and I'm like, you know why? Because we have a friendship that is not surface level. I can be here with you. I can hold space for your heart that's shattered and just be there. And I think the other thing that really, while you were talking really inspired me is like those people, you know, had David gone to public school, he would have had more acquaintances, but will he have people who continue to live their life remembering David? You know, like, because even though he wasn't here for that long, because the relationships he formed in the in you know in Polar Star were so solid and so strong, I mean I know like you know I didn't know, Sarah and I weren't in the Commonwealth very long together, but she's still someone I have extreme respect for and extreme love for and think back on, and that's one thing that my husband says to me all the time is like I wish I had friends like you did, and and I wish I had acquaintances like you did. Like I haven't we haven't got together in a long time, but it, I bet a hundred percent if we all got in the same room, we'd all laugh together. We'd all we'd all be able to have great conversations with each other. It'd be like we never left. Yeah. And and we and and we'd still continue to have great relationships. And um, I think that's so unique to to this type of education, especially when you you put in the work to build those relationships. And, and I feel like very much so that the reason why those relationships are completely bonded is because you do hard things together. You do, you do really hard things together and you just uh, forever are, you know, you can, when we had our 20 year reunion, we had all these people come back and it really, it was super interesting because it was like that. It was like, you could pick up like right where you left off and it was really, really an awesome, awesome thing. And yeah. Yep. Anyways. Okay. So what am I doing now? So I actually work for Leadership Academy of Utah, which uses um, Williamsburg Academy um, as their curriculum, um, which is a leadership education based private school. And then they have um, they have, you know, obviously as they are they're they're online and they have reached out into the community and there are a variety of ways that you can actually take Williamsburg classes through charter schools in the Intermountain West um, and Alaska. Maybe that's the Intermountain West, I don't know. But anyways, there they are same chain of mountains. So um so they so I am their independent study um coordinator. And so basically what that means is that if kids want to get credit for something outside of the Williamsburg curriculum, like a Lemmy class, then I'm the person they come to. I actually rework their entire, the entire, um, what, what we give credit for with Lemmy classes because I've mentored the vast majority of them. Um, with the exception of Key of Liberty, which I've never, never mentored, but I've mentored almost everything else, um, at some point and, or, or I've helped, I've been a helper mom. <laughs> And um, and so I actually knew what was in the classes. So I was able to go through the state standards and say, yeah, like this actually covers this. We can give credit for this. We can absolutely give credit for U.S. government for this. And um, and so I work with that. And also if they're doing other things, particularly if they're doing like outside math programs or, you know, a variety of other things, then I help people to get credit. And I know I like I don't, it's like I don't believe in checking the boxes, but yet I sort of do believe in checking the boxes because, I do think that it's helpful to have a diploma. Um, I don't think that it's the end all because obviously I have um, three children without diplomas and they've been incredibly successful. Um, I know it's not a necessary thing. However, it's nice to go to college and you can go in the front door instead of the back door. And um, and so I, I do that. I occasionally speak um, at a variety of places. Um, I'm actually speaking in a couple of weeks here at the Family Lyceum, which is a little um, leadership-based um, uh, school for younger kids for like up through eighth grade-ish, I think maybe. And um, so, yeah, and then I'm busy with, you know, 
adult children and spouses and grandchildren. And I like to have lots of fun with my grandchildren. I like to, that I recently had this like success where my grandkids were not able to go skiing. It was like this big bummer because they couldn't go skiing and they were at my house and I pulled out this big box of crafts and I basically dumped it on the table and I said, we're going to make something. Let's make something. And they were like, okay, well, like, what are we going to make? And I said, you can make whatever you want. And they were like, like, really? And I was like, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever you want. Whatever. What do you want to make? And they were like, uh, and they just started pulling all the stuff together and started like just putting all these things. And they were like, hey, can I have that ribbon? Oh, can I have the stickers? Can I have these? And we just had this super fun little hour. And by the time we got done, they were like, okay, with the fact that they couldn't go skiing that day. And um, and so yeah, so I keep having fun. And I keep doing extreme volunteerism. I also, I actually volunteer with refugees and I also volunteer with the homeless and with, um, with, I actually serve in a downtown church that is um, an inner city church that has a great number of needs. And um, yeah, so I, I, I have a lot of irons in my fire. Um, and yeah, let me, let me put in a plug for doing service. Please do service. If you need a service ideas, go to just serve org <laughs> and you can find great service opportunities there that you can participate in and yeah so that's kind of that's what I'm doing that's what I do now thank you so much for everything I like I said at the beginning of this podcast if you have a life goal to become like Cindy Hampton is one of them <laughs> you're awesome I've always just loved your family love you love everything that um, you guys have done for us so oh, thank you. It's been so awesome to get to reconnect with you today. It's so inspiring. Yeah. Well, it's been fun. It's been fun. So do we have, do you have anything else that I want to hit before we are done here? Heidi, do you have any questions? Yeah. Heidi, no, I, you, like you just kind of sat over there in the corner and like, you know, didn't really participate. <laughs> you laughed. You laughed. Got a laugh out of you. You know what? Between you and Tati, I just wasn't hitting the unmute button fast enough. <laughs> I know I kind of do that to Heidi sometimes. <laughs> That's okay. We each have our, our yeah. We each have our our gifts. Um, no, I just wanted to thank you for being such a wonderful example of you know and sharing the example of how important community is to to adults as well as the youth. It's not just about the kids. I mean. Yeah. The whole the whole thing about, you know, you, not them with leadership education, it's a really hard concept for a lot of homeschool parents to get because, you know, they're in it for their kids. They're, they're, they're doing this for their kids and they don't realize that by doing it for themselves, you know, first of all, they're going to get a lot out of it for themselves. But by, you know, being ready to read that book, you know, to participate in it you know, in that community that they're building, they are, they are creating that family that you talked about, that family that came and supported you in your time of need. And I mean, I've seen that. I know Tati has seen it throughout her life. I've seen that so many times and it's so powerful. And it's, that is really what this world needs too, too often. I think today people think that community is a Facebook group. And, oh my gosh, I mean, let me communities so far, so much more, so much more. I know, like, I just, when people be like, you know, I, I, there's so many options with education, right? And so people will choose, oh, let's just go take my kids and drop them off here. And while that might be what the family needs, I'm not saying that's wrong. The thing that I've come to realize is that what my family needs is a family being served. Like I'm being served and my children are being served because of the people we associate with, right? And so, like, I just, I think it's beautiful how we touched on that because I think some people don't realize that, oh, education is just all about learning. What about education for your for your emotional self, you know? Or yeah. how do you build that, you know? Yeah. That's, that's a huge skill set that is being lost. It needs to be, you know, how do you build community? How do you support and love people you don't always agree with? You know, and something that I think is that, you know, I think a big concern today is, you know, obviously mental health, right? And we have a lot of youth 
and a lot of adults who are dealing with depression, with anxiety. And, um, you know, and, and what the studies say is that the real, the real opposite, you know, the thing that's really going to help you with these sorts of things is connection. And I feel like that is what um, Polar Star did for us is, you know, it, we made those connections and granted, you know, I mean, something we've talked about before is like, um, maybe there were, maybe there's in particular, I can think of one of my kids who there weren't necessarily a lot of kids that he connected with because there weren't a lot of other computer nerds in our Commonwealth school. Um, but you know what? He learned to connect with people who weren't like him. And, and, and that was incredibly valuable. And I think that, I mean, one thing that my kids have said over and over again is they've gone away to college and they have roommates from, you know, a variety of backgrounds, obviously. And they have said over and over again, wow, like I am the stablest one in my apartment. And, and, and they're not saying they don't love their roommates or don't have great things. They're just, they're just like, I'm stable. I don't have a whole bunch of baggage and crap that I'm still trying to work through from my high school experiences. I don't, I don't have that baggage. And they do, they do, they have that baggage. And, or from, or from, or from grade school, from, you know, whatever, you know, wherever you're going to experience bullying or, you know, ostracism or, you know, wherever you're going to experience those things, my kids didn't have very much baggage. And so I, I feel like that was, that's been, it, it's been of, of great value. It's, it really, it really has been. So, yeah, but we want it to be fun. And if it's not going to be fun, like don't do it. So only do the fun stuff. I, I definitely that. agree with you there. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we do Shakespeare. That's why every Commonwealth should do Shakespeare every year. Yes, they should. Because it's the fun stuff. They should it's do really They fun. should do Shakespeare every year. And, and you know, the bonding of doing that play is so huge. It's so huge. My kids still, that I mean, honestly, that they, they go back to those experiences. They go back to playing those parts. They go back to what they learned from playing those parts and the interactions with the people. And it's just, you know, huge. Although I will say that, that, that my kids who got to do Quest, that was an absolutely stunning, amazing experience that was also doing absolutely incredibly hard things that um, bonded them to the kids who were in the class with them and, you know, had to stand up and feel like a fool and get through it anyways. Do it the anyways. people that you write your Supreme Court brief with, you will be buds for the rest of your life, I feel like. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Especially if you wrote it late at night. Um and then had to drive down the canyon afterwards. So uh, that's so that is, yeah. I mean, it's just it's it's really we we've, we've been grateful that our group has been very solid. I think that um, I was I've always been very much about um, this idea of keeping it pure. I I did turn families away that I felt like were uh, not a good fit for us because they were. Um, they were using it as a supplemental program to whatever else it was that they were doing. And I was like, kind of going, if this isn't going to be, if you're not going to be able to dedicate yourself to this being essentially your lifestyle, then this is not the right place for you. You, you need to go do something else. And I said, there are lots of other good things to do, but if this is not going to be the primary place that you are getting, number one, your, you know, some serious scholarly work happening and where the vast majority of the friends for your kids are going to end up coming from, if they've got a bazillion friends doing other things, this probably isn't going to work for you. Um, and that's, it's a hard thing to say because, um, oh, but it's so great. They can I just do the Shakespeare. No, no, this needs to be kind of your life. And if it's not, that's okay. And we love you and we'll see you elsewhere. But so I love that because it like refers to kind of what the, you know, the savior taught in the New Testament where it's like, you know, you're lukewarm, you're spit out. You can be hot or you can be cold. Right. But if yes. you're lukewarm, like you can't be that you can't, you can't right. be on one side or, the, or sit on the fence. Like right. you've got to choose. And it's not like you choose, if you choose one thing, you're wrong. 
right? It's not necessarily right. if you choose to right. be hot, you're wrong, or you choose to be cold, you're wrong. But I think it's so true. Like, people come into to a lot of these commonwealths thinking, oh, I can be on either side of the fence. And the reality is like, well, you're going to get you're going to get in trouble. Like, it's not going to work. It's not, it's going to bring the Commonwealth down and then it's going to bring your family yes. down because they don't mesh together well. Like, they, that really is their sole purpose. And I think you hit on that earlier. Like I said, you know, this is what we're trying to do. And if it's not, if that's not what you're trying to do, then don't choose it, right? Like, choose yeah. something else. And, yeah. and I think that's the beauty of like, I think that's the beauty of life. You know, we have so many choices and then and there's so many good choices, right? And so if this is this is for you, then this is for you. Choose it. So I really yes. like that. Choose it with a vengeance. Choose <laughs> it with a vengeance. One more thing I did want to say, though, that I had epiphany about while you were talking was the concept of you said you're volunteer with a fever. What did you call yourself? Extreme uh, volunteerism. Uh, yeah, extreme volunteerism. While you were saying that, I have the epiphany about like, you know, in the 5,000 leap, it talks about public virtue and people often think of like public virtue is like, oh, I got to run for public office or I got to do like these things like in, yeah. in a title format. But I really feel like that's really what a better name for it, <laughs> like you know, yeah. extreme involvement, you know, maybe it's with a title that pays you, but more often or not, it's extreme volunteerism. And, and, and my husband was actually making this comment about um, how, I th the the problem with society we've got to is, is that we don't engage in communities where we can have that volunteerism, where there's like a rotary club that meets every week, or there's like, you know, besides churches, there's nowhere else where people are doing this extreme volunteering. And he says, you know, what's the result of it? He's like, well, we have depression. We have people who like myself, you know, he was talking about himself. He's like, you know, I'm a 30 whatever old man. And I don't have people I have deep relationships with. Well, because you're not necessarily going to get those at work. You're going right. to get those as you do those extreme volunteers of things. But like, where do you find the group and how do you get that going? You know, so I think that was really powerful insight yeah. that, you know, you have to be working outside of yourself. Otherwise, you will get depressed. <laughs> yeah. And I think that building community is an absolutely amazing Thing. I mean, it's something that I have come back to over and over and over again. Um, and, and there are other places that you can build community, but um, it is definitely been just just such a delight and so wonderful to to truly build something that is not only a value to my family, but is a value to this entire group of people that they, you know, and, and it's continuing on. Even when I stepped down, it was beautiful. I stepped down. Um, I am a little bit of the Energizer Bunny. It did take three people to replace me. Um, but 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 I did, I slowly replaced myself. I slowly, you know, started giving up things and saying, oh, I got to turn this over to somebody else. And I, I know you can do this. You're going to be amazing. And you don't have to be me. You do you. Don't, you don't have to be me. And um it is, and so building the, you know, adults and building the youth and building this place, this place that obviously it's not a building, but it's relationships has been a most wonderful life's work. And obviously I've, you know, it's my life's work up to a point and then, you know, all the kids graduate and then I <clears throat> volunteer in other places and build connections in other places. So it's a beautiful life's work and I think it's beautiful to you can share that with us because honestly like you know I was who I don't remember who was talking this like when we go when we're all gonna go you can look back what did you build and and think if you could say well I helped build a commonwealth like that's up there with the great achievements <laughs> like I know yeah. it seems small but it's not small it's really it's not, not small because you think about it like I look at the hundreds of kids who've gone through commonwealth and they have children and they have spouses and they have they come out with the, the the most turmoil hardest time of their life that you know middle age middle school to high school age yeah and they don't cesspool. have baggage it's the cesspool of humanity yeah and they don't have yeah. baggage they're healthy functioning adults who are happy who look back at their adolescence and think wow that was the best time of my life you know so many of my in-laws were like 
I hated high school. I hated middle school. I just wanted to get out of there. I barely survived. I don't even know how I'm a functioning human. Like, <laughs> you know, and then I'll be like, what? We had the best parties. We had the most fun. We had the greatest group. Like it was, it was the best six, seven years of my life. Like literally best time of my yeah. life. And I think it's, yeah. you know, because of what our moms did for us, what you did for your children, you know, like to build this, like, it's not a small thing. It's a really powerful thing. It's a lot of work and people are scared of the work, I think, and, and what it will do to make them grow. But it's, I think when we all die and we can say, you know, Lord, what did you, what did you do? Like I built a Commonwealth. I built a safe place for your, for children where they could grow and become adults in a very, very healthy way and a very strenuous way too, because we're doing really hard things. We're not just playing, we're doing hard things and having fun, but it's beautiful. Yep, very much so. So yeah, so there we go. Hopefully you guys can edit this down, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, this is great. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. It's my pleasure. It's been, it's, I'm, I'm happy to, to share. I'm, I'm happy to share, especially if it doesn't require me to run play practices. <laughs> I do we'll not miss. <laughs> I do not, I do, I do not miss that part of it. So. Thanks for listening to this episode. Just as in every Lemmy training, we hope you walk away uplifted and inspired but also empowered to be a better mentor for your family and your community. Please be sure to subscribe and share. We also want to express our gratitude to all the Lemmy mentors, past and present. You got this. You can do hard things.